Welcome back to DKB Does Draft Quarters Podcast Network Movie Review Show, where we are not each individually a toxic masculinity trait. With me this evening is my co-host Russell. I try my hardest not to be. Yeah, we're a collection of them. Uh, we also mm-hmm. have Dave. <laughs> I watched a man for two hours and he called the police. <laughs> 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 I uh, I misunderstood what we were watching. <laughs> well, you should have only watched him for an hour and 40 minutes because this week, continuing August is for A24, we watched Men from 2022. It's rated R an hour and 40 minutes. What a wild ride. What a ride. Bro. Uh, yeah, so... The movie basically starts with uh, the accidental death or suicide of uh, James, who is Harper's husband, uh, after they have an argument about her wanting a divorce. After he hit her? Well, yeah, so basically... He, she asked for a divorce and he threatens suicide and she's like, what the fuck? You can't do that. And he's like, gaslighting the shit out of her. Yeah. And you can't be the victim here. I'm the victim. And, uh, like some of these characters, I'm like, what the fuck? Why are you a huge piece of shit? Right? Uh, so, and then he hits her uh, because uh, she's talking to her friend about how he's scaring her because he's threatening to commit suicide. And he takes her phone from her and reads some of it. And then he locks it on accident. And he's like, unlock your phone. She's like, no. He's like, do it. And she's like, no. He's like, what are you hiding? And she's like, I'm not hiding anything. It's my phone. So then he fucking something is said and then he hits her and, you know, then she throws him out, which, you know, that's exactly what she should have done. Correct. Uh, but then apparently he goes upstairs to uh, upstairs neighbors, barges into their house. Totally stable, man. Like, yeah. I don't know what she did to him to make him like this. Kidding. That's sarcasm. <laughs> Just want you guys <laughs> to be very understanding of, of how I feel about these characters. Uh, he barges in and like gets onto their balcony and she describes it as he either try, he was trying to sneak from their balcony to her balcony Uh, at which point he either slipped or let go. And she sees him falling. And he looks like he sees her. Um, And later it shows uh, her finding him at the bottom. And they don't really tell you if that actually happened or not. Because there's a lot of stuff in this movie where you don't know if it really happened or not. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So... Harper goes on like a healing trip by herself uh, up to a uh, township called Kotzen, I believe. Yes. Uh, and she rents this like castle manse uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in the countryside uh, from Jeffrey, who is 
played by Rory Kinnear. <laughs> as as is every other male character in this village. Yep. Uh, yep. As well as a creepy pagan god guy. The green man. The, the green, green man. man. Uh, so she goes exploring one day. Um, well, okay, so... Jeffrey exhibits a seeming at first seemingly innocuous uh male trait of not of of trying to be like a a nice guy you know like i'll carry all your stuff no you don't you don't need to help me but then i'll complain about it later um you know later he's like no it's it's my duty to protect you yeah uh, you know coming from some kind of daddy trauma uh that kind of shit right yeah <laughs> uh jesus christ so he gives her this tour shows her the house and then he leaves and then she goes on kind of like a uh she got kind of wanders around she also calls her friend um and her friend's like i wish you would let me come with you and she's like no i gotta do this by myself uh in you know, that's, and there's like a weird moment where you're like, oh yeah, here we go. Here's the horror movie shit. Cause, yeah. uh, she's on the, this, like she always FaceTimes her friend and there's like some interference in the signal and it's like flashing weird shit on the screen. Yeah. And, like people like weird, screaming yeah. and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Kind of, kind of, uh, event horizon-y. A little bit. Because that was in my head, obviously. Um, but, uh, so she goes on this little adventure, and she, you know, is enjoying her time in the countryside, and it's it's pretty cool, you know? She's, like, sees some beautiful countryside. It's, you know, there's a sprinkle of rain, and she kind of enjoys it. And then she finds, like, this uh, train track that runs down, like, a gully, and... uh she follows it to a um, tunnel and she's having fun with the tunnel because it's got a weird echo quality to it. Which really not how echoes work. No, it's but. not. Uh, especially when it's open on both ends, but you know, whatever. <laughs> so she's having fun with this echo thing and then um, she's playing with it. And then all of a sudden, like at the other end, like this guy gets up and she's like, oh, I didn't know there was anyone here. And then he makes a weird screeching noise and starts running at her. And she's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and she runs away. Uh, and she's kind of panicked. So she keeps running for a while and she ends up like uh, climbing up in a different place um, than where she came down into this gully. And she ends up going through this other property that's like kind of ramshackle and run down. Uh, not kind of totally like blown out. Like this is no one has lived here for decades. Like it's fucked. Right. It's been almost completely reclaimed by the forest. Right. Um, and she's like, this is fucking weird. And she gets off of the property into this field. And, um, as she's walking away, you see this naked man standing there, but she doesn't see it at first. Yeah. And so then she turns around and she's taking a picture for her friend to send to her friend and after she takes the picture she notices this the naked man standing there and she's like oh shit i'm sorry and she's like walks off 
and he's just standing there. Um, so she gets back to the manse and then she's like talking to her friend and she had sent her the picture and she's like, this is fucking weird. Right. So then the man is like, you can see the man like outside the house. One of my favorite scenes. It's it's a pretty good scene, which is properly creepy. I love that. Like just a little side note. I love that in like horror movies, like shit that's happening in the background. Yes. Yes. It's just like not noticed. Yes. I love that shit. Um, so She's like starts to kind of show her friend around the house and then uh she notices the guy and she goes outside and sees him and she's like what the fuck and then he like kind of runs at her so she closes the door and he like sticks his hand in the uh the mail slot trying to get in and she like screams or something and he like backs out. Right. So she calls the cops. Cops show up and arrest him. And one of the cops is also played by here, but you don't really, you kind of <laughs> see him, but you don't really see him. Right. Yeah. Uh, but she, she gives her statement to a lady cop. Who's not Roy Kinnear. Who is not played by Rory Kinnear. Correct. And, uh, <laughs> she's kind of like, understanding but also like oh yeah i mean he's just probably like a crazy he's probably harmless he's just like being weird and she's like yeah but he like followed me from the woods for like a like an hour or something it was a long time yeah and like came to the house and tried to get in so like that's a little more serious than just being a crazy guy running around naked she's like yeah we'll tr- we'll take care of him um so she continues to she, she's like calls her friend again. She's like, it's really weird, but you know, it's fine. And her friend's like, I'm coming up. And she's like, no, don't worry about it. It was one guy. He's police have him in custody. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So she goes into town again the next day. And, or she goes into town this time instead of walking around random in the countryside. So she goes and, uh, she goes into the church. It's a really beautiful church. There's a weird, like, giant pagan ta- chalice thing, like, altar bowl. Yeah. yeah. With, like, a sylvan god on one side and then, like, a fertility god on the other side. Uh, the yeah. green man and, and the, the green woman. Uh, it's called something else. Well, they both have other names. It's, uh, hold on. Basically, all you can see is her tits and her hands holding her vagina open. Yeah. I can't think of the other name. It's Sheila something. Sheila Nagig. Yeah. S-H-E-E-L-A-N-A-G-I-G. Yeah. Okay. Does that have the green man's name? And then it says green, known as Green Man. <laughs> Wait, that's saying they're one? No, separate. Oh, okay. I'm reading a different thing. Anyway, so she sees that and she's like, that's fucking weird. But then she sits down and she like kind of has a flashback of the argument and everything that happened with her husband. And she like lets out this crazy scream. And in the background, you see uh, the vicar who's also played by Rory Kinnear, uh, standing there, and then he, like, walks off, and you're like, oh, that wasn't creepy at all. So, 
<clears throat> she comes out of the of the church and sees this kid, and the kid's like, "Hey, play a game with me." The kid is also played by Rory Kinnear, which is like the only, not the only uh, VFX shot in the movie, but probably the worst VFX shot in the movie. It worked though. It worked because it was fucking weird and like yeah. hard, hard, uncanny valley. I think but that was a, on purpose. In, yeah, and like, well, I mean, Ish. they probably would have made it look better if they could have, but it looking bad didn't hurt the movie, which yeah. is like a weird thing, but like it didn't. It made it more creepy and weird. Yeah. Which is fine because that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, so this kid's a shithead and basically calls her a stupid bitch because she doesn't want to fucking play with play him. Play hide and seek with him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the vicar basically saves her from the kid. Uh, and he tells the vicar to fuck off. And he's like, you first, which was kind of funny. Um, and then the vicar's like, hey, you want to talk? And she's like, what? And he's like, well, I noticed you were in the church earlier and you seem to be hurting. So if you want to talk, I'm here. It's kind of my job. Yeah. So she talks to him and it seems to be a good talk for a minute. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, so why do you think you drove him to? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So we've got the kid kind of portraying like, you know, women are just your mom or your playthings, something like that. And then you've got the vicar. Who's like victim blaming and rape, which we aren't there yet, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the kid the the conversation with the kid reminded me of every message I've ever seen on Facebook that's like a screenshot of a dude being like, Hey, hey, hey. Oh uh, fine then you stupid bitch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um so, like after she walks off from the vicar, when he basically tells her it was his, it was her fault that her that James killed himself. Uh, he like does this really creepy hand creeping towards where she was sitting. Yes. thing. and I was like, ew, ew, ew. He wants to feel the warmth of her bottom. Uh. Pretty weird. Yeah. Super weird. So then she's like, fuck this. I'm going to the bar and I'm going to have a drink. So she goes to the bar and it's filled with other Rory Kinnears. <laughs> the bartender. The played bartender. By played by Rory Kinnear. Some dude with a, a side cut mullet played by Rory Kinnear. Some other dirty villager guy played by Rory Kinnear. And Jeffrey's also there played by Rory, Rory Kinnear. Kinnear. Uh, the first Rory Kinnear. Yeah. So she talks to... Jeffrey and the bartender and Jeffrey continues his nice guy white knighting. Uh, he's like, oh, no, don't. I'm going to buy your drink. And the bartender's kind of indifferent. He never, I don't know that he really ever exhibits a particular toxic trait. I didn't pay that much attention to him. Um, I don't think he does. He only has like two lines, I think. Yeah, but the other guys in the bar are like eyeballing her hard. Yeah. The male gaze. Yeah, the male gaze. Uh and then the cop shows up after she's like talking to Jeffrey a little bit and and like not even taking a sip of her drink. The cop shows up. Who's he played by? Roy Kinnear. Okay. All right. 
and he's kind of talking about what happened and she hadn't told Jeffrey yet. And he's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I should have been there to protect you. She's like, Oh, that's fine. The cops were there. That's fine. And then the cops like, yeah, too bad. We had to let him go. And she's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, he didn't do anything. And she's like, he fucking like chased me for like an hour and was stalking me and then tried to break into Jeffrey's house that I'm renting. And he's like, well, you know, so like kind of like victim disbelief, I guess. Yeah. Like anti believe all women or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And just kind of ass asshole. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. General cop stuff. <laughs> you know. Uh, so then she leaves without drinking her drink, and Jeffrey's like, What the fuck, man? I totally wasn't trying to get into her pants. Wink. Um Oh yeah, it's a me Yeah, it's an audio medium. Audio medium. So uh so she goes back home, and that's when shit starts getting really real, right? Yeah. Cause uh that's when uh, the lights start. Fl- there's like motion sensor lights outside, which they hadn't really mentioned those before. So it was weird when it first started. But yeah, you understood halfway through it. They keep flashing outside. The green man's out there again. She's like, what the fuck? Or no, it starts with the cop. The cop yeah, is out first there. It's yeah. the cop. First, it's the cop. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you just why? Why'd you is there something you needed or and he's like not talking to her he's just standing there and the lights turn off and they turn back on and he's gone and she's like what the fuck spooky (laughs) and then she sees the green man and he like does something he like blows fucking uh dandelion spores at her yeah and she like acts like she gets fucking high off of one or something but then she like goes in the house and closes the door and he puts his hand in the slot and she stabs him in the hand i skipped over the whole like thing where the uh where jeffrey shows up because jeffrey shows up yeah he shows up he shows up before that that. uh and he's like oh i'll protect you or whatever because like the bird comes through the window and dies uh, or is like broken its wing, but it wasn't the bird that came through the window. It was, it was one of the guys. It was a monster. Yeah, it was one of the guys. But they left because um, it like knocked over one of the chairs and then pulled the chair back. Yeah. So she had a knife the whole time from the kitchen. Uh, but Jeffrey goes outside and is like trying to white knight and tells you the story about his dad not believing in him, and that's why he's got to be a white knight. Um. And then he disappears when the lights turn off and turn back on again. That's when she sees the green man again. She goes back inside. He reaches his hand through the mail slot and she stabs him in the hand and he just like pulls his hand back and like cuts his own arm in half. It's not how hands work. Like lengthwise. No, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) That is not how that works. Uh, It's important for the symbolism. Yeah. Um, So then like... Every time she turns around, a different guy is chasing her. With the same injury? Yeah, with the same injury. Um, the little boy? The little boy like wants to play hide-and-seek with her. Uh, and is like super creepy, playing with the fucking dead raven. Um, 
Oh fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like puts the mask that he was wearing earlier, like the lady mask, on the raven and is like dragging it back and forth, so it's making this fucking terrible uh plastic on a countertop scraping noise. Yeah. Um and then she runs into the vicar, and then the vicar is like blames her womanhood for tempting him. Uh, yep. and putting the thoughts of of devious sex acts into his mind. Uh, at which point he tries to rape her, and she stabs him. As she should. Yeah, she should have stabbed him more, like in a place more vital than the, his pocket. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this the the actual worst VFX part of the movie because <laughs> she stabs him like literally is like sticking it through his jacket in his pocket and I was just like you didn't actually stab him come on <laughs> you guys can afford a fake knife and some blood come on uh so she like runs away from him and closes the door and then uh uh who's who comes after her next Jeffrey. No, it's not Jeffrey. No, it's not Jeffrey, because she doesn't see it? Jeffrey again for a minute. I can't remember who it is. Who, who is chases her out of the, the house? No, uh, she saw you only that. see him once. Yeah, he chased her into the house, and into that was house, before yeah. she cut the arm. One of them chases her out of the house. I think she, after the vicar is... Does she just it, run out of the house? Yeah, maybe. She just runs out of the house. That's when she goes and gets in the car. Yeah, she goes and gets in the car. And then there's a weird trippy moment where it's like, does she get in the car? Because she like goes through the same part of the house twice. And one time is like crawling and the other time she's running. Yeah. But she grabs the keys and gets in the car both times. And then it's just like, that didn't happen. And that was, I was like, what the fuck was that about? Did she hits Jeffrey? Well, yeah. So she like takes off and then she runs Jeffrey over. And then... She's like, oh, my God, Jeffrey, because she still hasn't put together. These guys are all just Rory Kinnear. Uh, <laughs> like we did, because we're smart guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they all fucking look exactly the same. <laughs> uh, so she, like, backs up a little bit, and he gets up, and she sees that his arm is cut in half. And she's like, oh, my God. So he runs up and, like, opens the passenger side door and just, like, rips her out of the car. And... He's like standing over and then he gets in the car and drives away and she's like, what the fuck? And then the car starts coming back to like run her over. So then she's running from him driving the car and she runs through a a choke point, which is what she should have done the whole whole time. She's running down a fucking road when you could have like run off the road or hop to one of the like the little tiny fences that are there. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Um, But she gets she does the does it right in front of the house. So he wrecks the car into into these like uh uh flagstone pillars that are in front of the topiary that blocks off the house. And uh she's like in the yard freaking out and she's facing away, she's like on the ground facing away and then she kind of notices that somebody's getting out of the car and coming. So uh, she t- gets up and turns around and it's the green man is walking through the topiary towards her and he's like, his stomach is huge. Yeah. And he like falls down and gets in the birthing position and gives birth to the kid. Yep. And you're like, what? 
And then the kid like moves towards her. Oh, and like as soon as he walks past the topiary, he gets a broken ankle. Just like James. Yeah. Because James had a broken ankle and his arm was split. Yep. Because he fell onto a wrought iron fence. Yep. Um so they like kind of fall and crawl towards her, and then the kid gets fat and he gives birth to Another green man, isn't it? No, because it's it's in it's in like an order. No, is it the yeah. vicar? The vicar yeah, is next. The vicar, yeah, yeah, gives birth to the vicar, and then the vicar like kind of chases her into the house, and then the vicar gives birth to Jeffrey, and Jeffrey kind of like chases her into a particular room, the living room with the fireplace and the piano, and. He stops at the door and these feet start coming out of his mouth, but the feet are black. And her husband was black and then he falls backwards and she like goes into the room and grabs the little hand axe. Yeah. And then her husband walks through the door naked and injured like he was after his suicide. And he sits down on the couch and they have like a weird conversation. And... She doesn't just like ax him. So I was like, what? And then that's kind of it. She says, what do you want from me? Yeah. And he's like, just your love or something. Yeah. Free to love me or whatever. Yeah. And then, uh, it's the next day and her friend shows up and she's pregnant. And, uh, Harper is like sitting outside the house somewhere, but, the friend sees all the blood from everything that happened. Yeah. So, like, it actually happened? Some fucking weird thing was populating the village and just, like, gave birth to itself over and over again in front of her until it gave birth to her dead husband to, like, shame her for being a woman? Yeah, you know, that old chestnut. Something like that. That's a takeaway for sure. I mean, I think that's just like in general what happened, not reading anything into it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like that actually happened in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just like some kind of fucking like weird guilt dream. Yeah. I think it actually happened. And that's the end of the movie. Yes. Yep. Yes, it is. And then there's a weird spore thing you watch for like five minutes. Yeah, it's a dandelion putting itself back together. Yeah. Alright, you want to discuss? Not particularly. <laughs> uh, I really dug this movie. I, it's I, wild. It's weird as shit. I thought the movie was interesting. It. I don't know, like I don't know what the point of the extremely like heavy-handed like terrible traits of people be like what the point of the examination was. So my takeaway was, so while watching it, I felt a lot of anxiety, anxiety for this woman. Yeah. Cause so, it's basically a horror movie. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so that was, that was my takeaway is that like, this is what it, it's like for women 
like this is the like this is the closest uh i guess okay so let me say it this way like this is the closest i could get to feeling that much anxiety living in a world living in this world <laughs> like so that was kind of my takeaway that's what i thought the point was was to like give us this woman's perspective and like induce this anxiety for this woman so we could experience potentially how it feels like and even then it's not like fully right but yeah in one direction like get a sense of how it might feel to walk through a world populated by men while also having this amount of trauma. Cause like the whole time you're just waiting for someone to not be a piece of shit to her. Sure. Other than her friend, friends, not a piece of shit. Yeah. To her. yeah. Well, you're waiting for like a dude to not be a piece of shit. And like Jeffrey is the closest thing you even kind of get. So then yeah, it, it still is kind of a turn. I mean, other than knowing that, you know, it's the same actor or whatever. So you suspect it. Right. Yeah. But then that's, that also plays a part in the layer of it. Cause he's like being nice to her. So then she has to anticipate and think, okay, he's being like weird white nighty, but like he's, yeah. bit, he, he doesn't come along with the other half of that. That usually comes along with the, with that, which is what the Vicar represents. Right. right. Because usually the, the, the trope of the white knight is, you know, I'm going to do all this stuff for you and protect you to show you that I'm a good guy so that you will have sex with me. The so you will have sex with me part never really comes from Jeffrey. The only time he ever yeah. does anything to her is when she runs him over. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but so, he's not like treating her with respect before that. He's treating her as though she's a damsel in distress. Yeah. Even though she's, even when she's not even distressed. When she, yeah, she has n no distress whatsoever. Yeah. I also kind of think this movie touches a little bit with uh, dealing with grief. Yeah. As well. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Because it's like you watch her play out like all the stages of it, right? Yeah. So she definitely, she definitely does that. But I do, I do think that that is kind of the point. I think the point is to like, and then I also, I think the point is to like feel how she feels just like you know cuz cuz she has this trauma that these other men don't know about you know like till you get to the end we'll treat it like kind of treat the middle beginning and middle as if they're different people yeah sure the vicar does but so is the one of the worst of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah and which is funny being a vicar <laughs> but yeah. um if the shoe fits. Yeah. Uh, so it's just kind of like, I, I, I see it as like, this is just the closest, you know, the, the point was to like, feel how she feels navigating the world with this trauma that was bestowed upon her. Sure. By her, her husband. And then dealing with, and then dealing men with being pieces of shit. Yeah. Men being in pieces general. of shit. And like, so I, what, what was the point of the end then? So the end, so, so my theory on the green man, is, so the green man is usually like a representation of rebirth. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And it is, he's a, uh, leafy character. Yeah. Um, Sylvan. Yeah. Uh, so the green man is a nature spirit, a fertility God, a symbol of the great forest that once covered the land. He is the wilderness. Um, he's usually a more benevolent being. Mm -hmm. So, I th I think he might still kind of be that in this, 
because I think he, I think the purpose of him in this movie is for her to work through that trauma. Right. That's what I, because like if he wanted to kill her, he would just kill her. Yeah. Like if he wanted to have sex with her, he would just have sex with her. Like he, Mm. he is a supernatural being. So what's like, what's actually stopping him? Like, it's not really her. Like she's putting forth like effort. And, but I think, I think it is, I think his point in this situation is to help her work through the trauma that she has been bestowed. Cause her husband is all of those traits. Yeah. He was right? terrible. He yeah. does all of those things that those people do to her, except for maybe like the, the, I mean, we don't know how their relationship was other than the, the rapey part. But yeah. Yeah. So maybe not the rapey part, but, but the gaslighting, the white knighting, the just general assholery, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. The, the, and you know, playing, playing the baby and, yeah, all those things. So I think I think the green man's point in the movie is to just be there and like it's a super physical way to work through the trauma, like by, you know, all the damage that she causes him and stuff like that. So I don't I don't know that the green man is actually malicious in this. Um, aren't those ideas, though, like diatonically opposed? Like, what do you mean? So, if the point of all those characters having shitty being like uh, avatars of shitty traits of men, um, trying to make you feel like what it could be like to um, be a woman that's going through some kind of trauma and dealing with men being like that, then having to be forced through her trauma to get better by a male character isn't like that's basically like a male savior trope in itself isn't that diatonically opposed with the previous examination yeah kind okay. of um that that's why that, so then that that yeah, that makes it even more interesting because then are they are is both green deities supposed to be one entity in this? Like between cuz like is it really, like it gives birth? So like Yeah. I I wonder, But it also gives birth through its fucking shoulder blades at one point. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean that might just be for like hey what if these guys stopped like laying down in a birthing pose and one just like came out the other one's back and then the next one came out its mouth? That'd be fucking gross. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I mean, that could be. I mean, I don't there, know. there might even be more to examine there. Like, it could be on the positioning in which they gave birth, like, and which each character represented. <laughs> I, I feel like this, I feel like someone could write a 70 page essay on this movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the story is pretty simple. Like I, I went through it fairly quickly, and I didn't miss a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a weird movie, and like there is a lot to look into. Yeah, um, I, I dug it. I, I dug it. I thought it was, I thought it was interesting, and I thought it did a good job of like making you kind of feel what she was feeling. Yeah. Um. I don't know. That ending kind of threw me and it was just like, 
Cause it didn't feel like there was closure or a end. Cause it was just like, yeah, I just wanted love. I'm like, okay. And that's the end. And I'm like, yeah, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. I would have liked to have seen her like after he say that I would have liked to have seen her like reach over and like slit his throat. Something. Or like a line or, or something. Yeah. On, just be like on her behalf. Just be like, that's all I ever gave you. And then walk out or something yeah. like that. Or right? yeah. Or like, it's not my burden for you to feel loved. Like, no, but like, I, it's just like she did. And then yeah, whatever happened. Cause we don't know what really happened to like make them make her want a divorce. Obviously there was some weird, terrible qualities that this guy had that became worse when she wanted, she told him she wanted a divorce. Yeah. Um, but she said that he had never hit her before that instance. So it wasn't really that, but it seemed like there was probably some emotional abuse prior. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's like, I think that's supposed to be something too. Right. Cause like you don't, you don't actually see him hit her to like halfway through the movie. Yeah. So but you, you like, knew, you don't, yeah, like she's she got a like bloody the bloody nose. nose. Yeah. And so I think, I think well, that's how'd like, you get that? <laughs> yeah. I think that's like leading way to, yeah. Like, you know, maybe he's not physically abusive now, but if he's emotionally abusive now and it goes far enough. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's how that works. Right. Yeah. Like emotionally abusive people, if they can't get their way, will lash out and become physically abusive because they're not used to people not falling for their manipulation. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's a interesting movie, and I think it was well done. I just think like the the ending was weird. Yeah, uh, and I don't know that it really fit. Um, and then the end of that ending was also dissatisfying. In yeah, my opinion, I don't di- I don't disagree. Uh, and I was really disappointed in how she stabbed the vicar. She should have fucking stabbed him in the dick. Or in the eye <laughs> or something. Hit him across the head with a lead pipe because it, none of them had that fucking really horrendous dent in their forehead like James did when he fell off the fucking uh, balcony. But yeah. I was waiting for that and then it never happened and I was sad. Yeah. I, the end of the ending, I agree with. I, they, 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 they could have come up with something slightly better. Yeah. I mean, they were pushing the green band thing the whole time. And like the, the birth thing makes sense with the green man. I just don't know why the green man is there. Like I, I understand the idea of it forcing her through her grief and shit. Yeah. But like I, the, with the, the way the rest of that movie is, I don't see that following message. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's why I don't like the birthing scene. Yeah. I don't think it's on message for the rest of the movie. I get you. But, and then the end of that part is just like, 
you're just going to stand there. That's yeah. it. And then, and then it's over. Your friend shows up and picks yeah. you up. That's it. Okay. What the fuck? Yeah. I, I understand that not feeling resolved. Yeah. Um, Rory Kinnear did a great job. Oh, yeah. Of being like six different assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, and I, I thought that she did. I thought she did a really she good was job, a great, too. Great. Yeah, she was great in it. Yeah, I thought What's the acting was great. We've we've propagated more male bullshit by having said Rory Kinnear like 12 times and never saying her name. Jesse Buckley. And then Gail Rankin played her friend. What else has Jesse been in? She looked familiar. But she I don't did know look familiar. I actually not remember what she was in. I knew this, but... She's in A Christmas Carol, but it's animated. Another animated thing. Women Talking, Lost Daughter. Uh, the thing I know her from is I'm Thinking of Ending Things. She's in the Fargo TV series. Oh, okay. For 10 episodes. Uh, she's in the Chernobyl miniseries. She's done a lot of smaller stuff. I'm skipping a lot of movies because I don't know them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't recognize any of this other stuff. But yeah, she was great. I, yeah. I thought she was fantastic in it. Um, I think all the acting was really good. Like I said earlier, I love that scene where she's just in the, she's like working on her laptop and the green man is just like looking yes. through the windows and stuff. I love that scene. Yeah. yeah. I wish there was more of that. Cause like you could have done it with like all the characters. It kind of does it a little bit at the end where they're just like, they show up and disappear in the, in the light. But like, I feel like it could have done it. There's tons of her walking around and they, I don't think they do it enough in those scenes. It should have added something in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There should have been like one of the dudes in the background of every scene. Yeah. Like, so that way when you rewatch it, you're like, Oh fuck, I didn't see him last time. Yeah. Um, what what's the one where uh the girl gets decapitated by the um the telephone pole hereditary hereditary so i guess like hereditary throughout the movie there's a f- bunch of scenes where it's like dark outside and like if you turn your brightness up or if you have just have like really good black balance on your tv uh like you can see the witch's coven like standing in like all of those scenes standing around outside. Yeah. So there's just like people standing creepily like all the time, whenever it's dark outside. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Have you That's seen the cool shit. Uh, I've seen a little bit of hereditary. Have you seen all of it? No, I just know what happens. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah, a good movie. My, my only like, you know, we've mentioned a couple things that they could have done better. Mm-hmm. Um, my big issue with the movie is the CGI for the all of the birthing scenes. Like, that 
I thought that that looked awful, and I really wish they would have done practical effects. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look good. Yeah, I think it. I don't. I don't think it was as egregious as the knife or the. Because, like, I didn't think it looked awful. I thought it looked bad, but yeah, it's just in a movie that has very little. Yeah, visual effects. Like right. I feel like that's where it comes into play. And right, it's mostly just makeup for Rory Kinnear. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. What most of their money was spent on. But yeah, I mean, yeah, the the VFX weren't great, um, and it's weird when you write yourself into a corner like that with the VFX because, like, you know what your budget's going to be on a movie like this. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think that's another reason I think it doesn't make sense because <laughs> like they couldn't, they obviously couldn't pay to make it great. So, and I don't think it's on message for the rest of the movie. So I don't know, but yeah. So like the VFX in general weren't great. Makeup yeah. was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Makeup was good. Um, I, I dug it. I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" And no, that's a sign of a good movie for I me. Mean, I'm like, "God damn it! I got to keep watching." What the hell? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was good as far as like the beginning, the first like you know, two thirds, three quarters, even before the birthing scene basically starts. I think everything up to that is really just like pretty good. And what the fuck? Except there. Okay, so there's a couple things that I want. I I, I briefly mentioned in my synopsis, my breakdown of the entire movie, but I wanted to ask you guys about, there's like a couple of weird trippy scenes where like something happens twice or like it happens in a weird way that doesn't make sense. That makes the whole thing feel like it's not real. Right. So like when she leaves after stabbing the vicar, she goes through that hallway twice. Yeah. And there's like, when she gets like drugged or whatever by the green man and it doesn't make any sense because like nothing happens. She just walks away from him after that. Right. But she has like a weird thing and like she just kind of walks away from him and he lets her and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Some of the, sometimes it's, it's weird for weird sake. I think instead of weird in a way that makes sense, Unless the whole thing is a fucking guilt fever dream. And it's not based on the end. It happened. Yeah. Because yeah. like her friend shows up and there's really actually blood everywhere. Unless her friend is part of the fever dream. Yeah. And then there's not really a spot where she gets. Where she like takes damage. So like yeah. the blood wouldn't be from her. Yeah. So. Yeah. And she's totally fine when her friend gets there. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't I don't know if the hallway scene is supposed to be like weird for weird sake or if it's like the preamble to the rebirthing message. Cuz like even if it is the preamble like I still don't know that it made sense to do that. And why is it two different iterations? Like if it was the same iteration playing over again, it would just be kind of like, hey, let's take a minute to. It's a weird stylistic, like this is a moment of 
desperation and deliriousness. Yeah. Sure. But, but since it's, it's, they're different, they're different. Like that was the part that weirded me out. I was like, what is, what is going on? Yeah, like, did we just like split into two realities? What the fuck just happened? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting. I, I didn't have anything on that. I had no clue how to interpret that. Yeah, man. I barely got that. It was about men are shitty. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. I got that part. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Overall, I liked it. It was just like, I, I don't like the end. Fair. And I, I, I like, I think I like this kind of like social commentary. Yeah. Because there's been some, some other movies that we've watched, not re- really recently, but like there were some other movies that we watched that had some ham-fisted um, social commentary that was just like, why is that in this? Yeah. Which, I- I think this makes sense. Yeah. I thought this was done really well. Um, so Clayton and I had talked about the movie before and he was under the impression that I wasn't going to like it. He, he was like, I don't think you're going to like this because of how heavy handed it is. Yeah. But then when we were, we were messaging and we were talking about it, I was like, I, I don't know that. I mean, it is heavy. I don't know that I'd say it's heavy handed because like almost the whole movie is showing me instead of just telling me. Yeah. Like the movie never really tells me how to feel. No. It's just like showing me what she's going through. So, yeah. which I is mean, you sort of have the assistance of showing you how you're supposed to feel by her reaction, but like if you're not a piece of shit, <laughs> yeah. You're going to have the same reaction she does yeah. every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Cuz you're just you're like, be oh, like, why are you being no. like this? Yeah. And so, like, I think that that's, I, I think that that's what makes the movie so good to me is that, like, yeah, it is heavy and it might, like, it has a heavy message, but, like, I mean, ultimately, like, at the end of the day, like, the movie did a great job of, like, showing me showing instead of just telling instead me. Instead of saying it, yeah. So, like, like at no point is she like, yeah, men are pieces of shit. Like, duh, 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 don't trust them. Like, duh, duh, duh. yeah, it's like, just like it's like, hey, this is why pieces of shit. Yeah, in her reacting to it. Yeah, it's yeah. like this is why women feel this way. Like they go through this like super traumatic experience, and then any chance that they do have to heal, sometimes is ruined by more men. It was wild that. Dudes are actually like any of these guys or all of these guys at once. Yeah. <laughs> Same guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, th- I, I think it's an important movie. Like, I mean, I wouldn't put it on my like top 20 movies you should see before you die, but I just, th- I think the end fucks it for me. Like I, I really liked it all the way up until the birthing scene and I knew the birthing scene was coming. So I knew that it was in it, but I was just like, this does not make sense with the rest of it. Like it makes sense as far as like a creature goes. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense with the rest of the message. In my opinion, I was like, this is what? Yeah. And I I understand what you're saying. Like my only, my only real thought on it is that like, I mean, maybe we're supposed to view the deity as like non-binary, non-binary. Sure. So, and I mean, there is, so like in the, so the, the altar is the front is the green man and the back is the green woman. So, and it's one altar. 
So, I mean, that's, that's really the only conclusion that I can draw is that the movie treats them as if they're one and the same. Yeah. It's just weird because like, it's the thing that starts the bullshit. Yeah. And then it also is like part of what's chasing her around and stuff. Yeah. And the, but then it's what helps her. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. That's fucking dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I think all that's interesting. And it never shows the other side other than on the altar. Like if he had turned around and it had been the chick from that was the cop and you were like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then it fucking like pushed her through the, the trauma that might've made more sense and also been even weirder. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, but it didn't. But I mean, also I'm not giving it credit for that. Yeah. And, And I mean, it is written and directed by a man. It is written and directed by Alex Garland. He doesn't fucking understand. <laughs> <laughs> just like parents. Parents, yep. don't understand. parents don't understand. I just wanted a Pepsi. <laughs> uh, are we ready to go down to the corner? I'd go if you go. I mean, if Dave is ready, I feel like we talked a lot. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be forced into the corner. Would would you like to go to the corner with me? I appreciate you asking me, and I would like to go down to the corner with you. Yeah, cool. Remember, I you're crazy. I was trying to gaslight you, and I I did (laughs) (laughs) half-ass gaslight you. (laughs) Ignore that. Wow. (laughs) I'm a nice guy. You're just crazy. Boom. Use that one. There you go. All right, you guys ready for this? Because this is Dave's Trivia Corner. Dave's Trivia Corner! Well, the point of this corner is for you to say... Ooh, neat. Damn right. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Uh, the vicar quotes the poem Letta and the Swan to the harper and refers to himself as the swan. The swan in the poem being a shape-shifted Zeus who took on the form to rape a human woman, not unlike the mysterious entity's apparent goal. Huh. I don't want to say that that's neat. Right? Zeus is gross. Zeus is gross. Zeus be gross. Uh, Roy Kinnear portrays ten different characters. The only male character not played played by Kinnear is James, played by, I'm going to mess this name up, uh, Payapa Isudu? Sure. Um, Harper's first act upon reaching the holiday house is to pick an apple from the tree in the garden and eat it uh, with clear undertones of Eve. Jeffrey makes it clear when he uh, admonishes her for eating forbidden fruit. The apple tree is frequently seen through the rest of the film. Yeah, but then he says it's okay afterwards. Yeah. He's not God anyway. He can't forbid her from eating it. That's true. He doesn't own the property, but whatever. Uh, The majority of Alex Garland's previous projects are in the science fiction genre, though frequently overlapping with the horror or thriller genres. Hmm. Uh, Men is a folk horror film with explicitly supernatural threats. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the outdoors are always presented in bright, vivid greens as befitting the English countryside. It also underscores the supernatural forces lurking quietly beneath the surface. Mm. 
It was very vibrant. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, neat. Perfect setting for like a Sylvan God horror thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, The flashback scenes were all lit with an intense sunset orange. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll go to some spoilery stuff now. Okay. Uh, The symbolism of the dandelions is significant. Dandelions reproduce asexually through a process called (laughs) parthenogenesis. Okay. Parthenogenesis? Sure. That sounds about right. Uh, which means all dandelions are clones of an initial specimen. This is a clue to the nature of the men in the village who are all played by... Roy Kinnear. Damn right. Okay. Um, let's do a few more. We'll do two because these are very long. So she should have been pregnant at the end because he got some dandelion inside her and then... Yeah. Was that like supposed to be insider that a dandelion was like coalescing and becoming one dandelion again? Maybe. Mm, yeah, I bet it Maybe. was. Maybe. Gross. The Men two-, two in the city. Men two in the city. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the two images sculpted on opposite sides of the church altar are well-known symbols in England known as the Green Man and Sheila Nagig. Probably said that wrong, respectively. Uh, at the movie's premiere, uh, director Alex Garland stated that he had been obsessively trying to work them into a screenplay for the last 15 years. Jesus. The Green Man is a very old male nature deity or forest spirit. Found on both secular and religious buildings all around the world. He is often depicted with a face made from foliage, and although his origins remain unclear, he usually symbolizes rebirth, specifically the seasonal cycle of growth and decay. Um, Sheila Nagig, um, thought to mean Julia of the breasts in Irish, <coughs> is found as. <laughs> God damn it, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Derailed me. Sorry. Uh, it's found as sculptures mainly in Europe, especially Ireland, usually depicting a naked female with exposed breasts and vulva. Theories about her age and function vary. Uh, most sculptures date to the 11th century, but some claim as to be old Celtic origin, existing even before Christianity is a symbol for fertility or childbirth or the representation of a pagan mother goddess. In later times, the symbol may have been used as a religious warning against sinful lust or the ward off evil spirits. Modern views regard the Sheila Nagig as a symbol of feminist empowerment, widely used during the 2018 Irish abortion uh, referendum, and body positivity. Hmm. Neat. We'll do one more. Uh, commenting on the ending, uh, Jesse Buckley Harper has stated, I think she went to come. I, yeah, I think she went. They misread this. It says, I think she went to come to terms with the kind of monster within herself and monsters outside of herself and to meet them. And for them to meet each other. It doesn't follow the horror trope where the damsel in distress slays the dragon, you know, she meets the dragon and she comes to learn how to live with the thing and learn from the thing. Roy Kinnear, the men, 
uh, added the film flags up the film flags up both with trauma and grief that senses of it never goes it's finding a way of dealing with it so the pain becomes redemptive pain or a pain that exists positively in your life uh, that's a really difficult ambition particularly when you're in the early throes of it but the way it also renounces itself in different forms there are different triggers particularly post-trauma that you cannot be prepared for and to take different guises i feel like the film's chimes with me on that level most that sense of how to repurpose the awareness that traumatic events do live with you forever but you are in control of how you can coexist with them Hmm. interesting do you have more is there more or is that it there's a couple more is there keep going see if we get some more explanation okay uh, director Alex Garland said that he had been obsessed with the Green Man for over a decade. According to Rory Kinnear, Garland is very involved in the character's development. Although he allowed Kinnear to flesh out the character himself in the way he walked and be- or behaved, Garland helped applying the final stages of makeup on Kinnear himself. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, yeah. that's neat. Uh, the artwork featured in the pub is by a famous British artist, uh, Beryl Cook, whose artwork nearly always features only women, of which there is a blatant lack of in the village. Interesting. Um, Roy Kinnear appears as all of the men born from each other, except for Samuel, the boy with the mask, played by Zach Rothra Oxley, uh, with his face digitally replaced by Kinnear's, and James, Harper's dead husband. Uh, Kinnear also Kinnear has stated in an interview that the men he played all represent an element of, of male behavior, be it from the micro to the macro aggression. He also asserted that he tried to avoid each character becoming an archetype. Their behavior depended on both on their own personal lives as well as Harper's response to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really about it. Okay. I just want to see what else there was. Yeah. That's what I have for Dave's Trivia Corner. Dave's Trivia Corner. Ooh, neat. You guys ready to neat. rate this? Whoa. Sorry. I thought it was neat. Yeah. You guys ready to rate this? Rate, I'm ready. Rate this. Rate this. I'm going to give it a seven. I... I, like I said, I liked it up until the end, and I don't think the end was on message. Like, I understand uh, Russell's, like, analysis that it was her pushing through the grief, but I, I just, it doesn't... I don't think it fit with the rest of the movie. Um, also, the visual effects issues that we had with it, but um, I think the performances are really good, and I think uh, prior to the birth scene, it's a pretty good, like... Um, even if you just take it a surface level horror movie, I think it's still good. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes it better in general if you take it as a surface level horror movie because the end doesn't make sense, except just as a surface level horror movie ending. Uh, and except for the very end, because then there's no closure or, you know, it just doesn't end. <laughs> So I don't know. 
that's why I'm giving it a seven. Cause like the, the, the whole end just threw me for a loop and it doesn't, I don't like it. Um, and the, the visual effects. So Russell. Yeah. Uh, I am going to give it an 8.5. Um, I really liked it. My, my only really true issues with it when I was watching it was the visual effects. And I think it would have pushed the limit to go practical. Um, and it would have made the whole end look a lot better. Um, yeah. Cause it's just, I don't, I just like for the, the culmination of the movie to go to that and then for you to use fucking CGI, like damn near pisses me off. Hmm. So, cause yeah, I mean, we said all that, but, um, but yeah, overall I, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I was really drawn in. I thought it was engaging. I thought the cinematography was great. I thought the pacing was amazing. Um, and I'm probably going to think about this movie for a long time. This couple weeks. Okay. That's a long time. 8.5. Dave. I'm also going to give it an 8.5. Um, I did not expect to enjoy this nearly as much as I did, mm. uh, but it really drew me in, especially with those, you know, those early scenes where you get like the eeriness. Yeah. Uh, when she like walks up to the tunnel and just kind of stares at it for a while. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Ooh, okay. I started feeling a little, like a little anxiety. Like, Oh, what's going to happen here? All right. All right. Um, yeah, I really dug it. I really liked that. Uh, Rory played all the men. I thought that was yeah. a cool touch. That's cool. Um, she did a great job. Yeah. Eight and a half. I thought of another, uh, scene where they did two versions, but this time it wasn't like back to back. It was when she went to the other side of the, the gully where the train tracks run. And there was just like a closed version of the tunnel with a door. And in the version that they showed us initially, she just like stops and doesn't try to get in or anything. And she like runs up the side and gets out of the, the gully. Yeah. And then later in the movie, it shows her running down there, obviously from the same scene because she's wearing all the same clothes and she runs up to the door and starts banging on it. Like she's asking for help. And it's just like kind of a flash of that scene. And like, like what the fuck is going on? So I don't know. There's some weird shit that happens in this movie that we still don't have a handle on as far as like why it happened. Um, and I don't know if it was just weird for weird sake or if it had another layer to it that we're missing. But anyway, that's going to do it for us talking about men. We gave it a seven an eight and a half and another eight and a half. Uh, so next week we are continuing. August is for a 24 with, Bo is afraid. We'll kick off our Ari Aster segment. Ah, yes. We're going to do um, three Ari Aster movies. Yep. Yep. You only asked three. Um, which means that we're going to continue A24 movies into September. Uh, I think we're probably pretty locked into doing A24 movies until the writer's strike and the SAG after strike ends. ends so. Um, which there was a report of possible light at the end of the tunnel, uh, this week, but we don't know yet. Um, anyway, so next week, Bo is afraid. Check it out. 
Thanks for listening. You can find us on all your social media by searching Drafty Quarters Productions. Like, subscribe, hit the bell, ask for the notifications, watch the video 200 times, whatever you got to do to get us get us up there and out there. You can also find us on Patreon, also searching Drafty Quarters Productions. Uh, we have a $1 per month tier, less than all your streaming services, but we also give you less. But that's fine, because you like us. Um, it's true. Hopefully. Uh, it's a... Uh, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> uh, right now, we have, we're we putting up some uh, backlog material that's not up on uh, the the main podcast networks anymore anywhere you can stream your podcast. So if you have not listened to our old stuff and you want to listen to our old stuff, it's up there. There's also some episodes of things that are only up on the uh, Patreon. Uh, so go check that out. If you have any questions, comments or concerns, um, or if there's an a 24 movie that you want us to talk about, <laughs> uh, email us. One. Email us, draftyq at gmail.com. We know you have one, Dave. Stop it. <laughs> draftyq at gmail.com. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Have a wonderful time. Goodbye. Bye. I went for a walk. I met a boy in a churchyard who tells me I'm a stupid bitch. Then I met a vicar who tells me that I drove James to kill himself. Then I met a policeman who tells me that they just released the naked weirdo who tried to break into the house yesterday. And I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to get into the car and go home. <laughs>